to let you change cameras halfway through. As, ba- as uh, bad an idea it would be now, it wouldn't. <laughs> okay, right. yeah, it'll make squad cash itself if you did that. Yeah. So. Probably best I don't mess around with that <laughs> hardware, right? Yeah. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Waffling Taylor's Podcast. Or rather, ah, podcast by the Waffler Tailors, because I'm always going, ah, although I hardly ever do on the podcast. Um, with me, as always, it is Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Okay, how are you, Squidgy? I don't know the feed line anymore. We haven't done it in so long. The worst part is he's thinking that the faces he's making to encourage you can be heard by the listeners, which they cannot. <laughs> That's what you think. He's like it's he's like squidgy. animatedly Hello, drugging, squidgy. and nobody can. Hello, squidgy. Hello, squidgy. Hello, squidgy. How are you, squidgy? I'm not bad. <laughs> oh my goodness! But yes, as you've just heard, we are joined today by the bee. Hello, Hello. the bee. How are you? Hello. Spoiled that surprise. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. I'm alive. I'm almost existing. It's 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 been a while. <laughs> it has been a while. Been a whole thing. For those uh, taking uh, keeping uh, tabs of these things, uh, the last time the bee was on the show was back in January of 2021. So it's and, been ages. And yet somehow I felt it was like longer than that because of everything. One bad haircut and 76,000 Nando's meals later. Mm. Oh, <laughs> and do you know what? I'm really tempted to order Nando's this evening. Anyway. Okay. You, you were ordering as we were recording last time. I remember you showed me your phone. I know. Yeah, that, then it wasn't available. And now it is available. And um, I can now order Nando's with impunity. I'm, I'm going to have to. I feel like I'm going to have to put a, a warning that this episode does not. Uh, contain pr- uh, paid for content because it's like it feels but, like it does. But we will say if Nando's are listening and are interested in sending <laughs> us free Nando's, are, are you going to turn it down? Are you going to turn it's it down? <laughs> I, I, I'm with you, B. I would not turn it down. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so it's been absolutely ages. What I'd love to know is, well, we've already said how are you doing, B, but um. Like one of the things that we always do on the show, for those who are like maybe catching is new, um, we all talk about what we've recently been playing. So let's go around the room and figure out what we've all been playing recently. Am I, am I saying? <laughs> uh, whoever, I I don't mind because I will say I I will say for once uh, I say for once like I feel like every time I've been on, it's been like just the timing's just been such that we've had that kind of lull of, of games usually and I'm like not struggling to think of something I've been playing but like it's usually some uh there's usually like oh I don't even know how to describe it like not a lot of things but this time I've been playing a freaking lot like <laughs> like there's been a lot of games recently that I have uh have been playing um I think most recently uh apart from the one I've literally just started out of sheer curiosity um, would would be Call of Duty Warzone, but I'll get to that later. Um, oh, no. But lately, I've been playing Outriders quite a lot. Um, that's recently come out. Square Enix and People Can Fly. For those who don't know, 
People Can Fly are the people who made uh, Bulletstorm and also Gears of World Judgment. And they're back with this kind of... I, I mean, it was referred to as a kind of cover shooter. And there is waist-high cover, don't get me wrong. Uh, but it's uh, it's it's kind of a fallacy to, to try and use that cover. Uh, it's a, a squad shooter, um, a bit in the vein of Destiny uh, 2 and, and, and those sorts of games, where you have this whole campaign thing that you're encouraged to do with up to two other uh, people. Uh, but then there's this whole end game thing where you run and try and get better weapons and better loot and et cetera, et cetera. So uh, raids and dungeons and stuff. Yeah, I want to say just say raids and dungeons. It's so far it's one thing called expeditions, uh, and there's like ten or twelve of them, and you basically yeah just run through, shoot everything as much as you can, mm-hmm. and the faster you complete it, the better rewards you get. So you get like a chest with, with uh, your legendary and faster spec weapons, and yeah, it's it's like it's not blowing anyone away. I don't think it's it's nothing majorly. You have to play this game, uh, sort of quality. Yeah, kind of like Square Enix's take on the Destiny Two yeah. style of game. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to say Square Enix's take on the Destiny game, although they did kind of do have already got that with Avengers. Once you get through the the main story as well, because Avengers has a very similar thing. But definitely, people can fly's take on the developer the, uh, the on, on that same genre. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's not. The, the reviews have been mixed, middling, and it's. I can see why because it's it's not going to blow anyone away. And don't get me wrong, I didn't mind Destiny, but I'm not as enamoured with Destiny as a lot of people are. Um, so it wasn't mm. already going to uh, that that. I won't say that genre doesn't hold my interest, but I would say that that's not a genre I, genre I normally would say is my thing. But it's more I of really, a, it's more of a sociable. Game in it, Destiny. Kind Destiny of, too. but it's, it's just that... it's more of a joint jumping with your friends type thing. Kind of, yeah, but like at the same time, it's I've, I've enjoyed my time with it. It's it's a decent enough uh, game to kind of get your head around. And yes, there's a uh, there's some complex thing trying to min max your numbers and all that sort of stuff that you don't have to buy into because I got through it perfectly fine. And the story isn't great. Uh, it's it's one of the stories that. You can tell they're trying something with it, and yet doesn't quite pull off the gravitas that it thinks it has. And credit to the writers, you know they've done what they can, but uh, for the most part, I already uh, barely a week from completing the story, and I couldn't really remember most of it. Um, <laughs> basically, the, the the general overall uh, gist is that you are the last of Earth who was sent off to try and discover a new world. And it all went a bit wrong. And the first planet you landed on, um, you ended up uh, finding some weird gas thing that started infecting people. And uh, you was thrown back into the cryogenic pods to sleep for another thousand years. But then you also got infected by this big storm that covers the planet that then kills most people, but gives 0.01% of people special powers. Guess which one you are? Uh, <laughs> and considering that this is like a, a game where, like I say, you've got other people, like it's a surprisingly high 0.01% <laughs> uh, of all the people. Uh, although you can't see other, anyone other than the other two people that you're with when you're in a game at the time. It's not like a proper MMO where you've got like a, a social space where there's all, your, all the online people. But... Um, yeah, you have these powers that you can use. There's, there's five classes. I think there's five classes. It might be six. I'm trying to remember. Uh, Technomancer, uh, Pyro, 
Uh, what are the other two? Drunk um, Barbarian. Kind of. I think you will find that the classes he is looking for are as follows. Mage, Circus Clown, Florist, IT Manager, and Professional Son of a Shepherd. They're, they're, you've, got, you've got your tank class, you know, they kind of fit okay. into these, um, not stereotypes, but they fit into these uh, archetypes, that's the one, um, where you've got your tank, you've got your one that's good at healing, you've got your long range, sharp shooting one, um, and stuff like that. And then you try and make your build within those uh, five, uh, f- no, I think it's four, you know, I've gone from six to five to four. The number of classes, then you've got the subclasses, three of each, um within each um class to to make your character and yeah then you've got this um i'm i'm, I'm jumping around i'm just real i'm jumping around a bit in my, in my explanation of the game but um it's it, yeah it's it's a decent enough experience and it's quite fun with with other people the only uh, fairly major downside um i'm saying it as if it's not a major thing but it kind of is is technically uh, te- technical issues that it's had and has plagued it since launch mm. have uh, have done a lot to kind of sour people on the game unfortunately now i didn't f- uh, face it a lot of the time because for the story i pretty much did solo and you can do that solo you know you're absolutely fine you can do things solo but once you get to trying to squad up with friends that's where the real issues have mm. crept in people disconnecting it's got crossplay and a really good crossplay in that you've got um you know you've you've you can not just do uh, console to consoles in Xbox to Xbox. It's proper cross players, and you can have an Xbox playing with a PlayStation, playing with a, a PC, and it's fine because you're not against other people. So, aim and assist, whatever, doesn't actually matter. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's been a lot of disconnects. There's been people losing their entire inventories, um, and that they're trying to restore. And I've, I've quite a lot of time. I've been when I've been trying to expeditions to get my world level up, which is another aspect of the game i've found myself struggling to stay connected for long enough and sometimes getting kicked out of games before i could uh, get my uh, reward and get get my loot before that I, uh, I got to the end and that has definitely soured a lot of people and i can understand why because it's it's very frustrating it sounds uh, like it's got similar teething problems to like fallout 76 yeah i mean i mean 76 was its own thing in terms of because it was an mmo 76 had like a lot more people to deal with um, but I mean, fair play again. You can't, as with any online game, you can't possibly prepare for the amount of people that come on a on a launch. There's no way to replicate that other than when you go live. But at the same time, yeah, we're we're almost a month into the game's launch, and they're still fixing things. Fair play to them, and they're keeping a very open dialogue. Um, mm. But it just be. I can I can see that it's going to be a bit of a tough uh, tough few weeks for them to try and get the, the keep the playbase on board, and then they can focus maybe on on getting new endgame content for people. Yeah. But no, Outriders is pretty fun overall. Mm, cool, <clears throat> cool. So uh, you you'd recommend it then? Yeah, I think. I mean, there's. I will say that there is one massively beneficial thing to to outriders in that it's on xbox game pass and i don't know how much we've talked about xbox game pass before here i can't remember yeah i can't remember i've seen it's crazy before because <laughs> i used to be i used to be very against subscription feed but honestly it is such a bargain these days mm. um you know you pay your 10 quid a month or whatever and you access to all these games and outriders a brand new game was on there at launch 
Mm. And my God, does that just like open up the game to a hell of a lot more people and make it like I'm, I'm more likely to give it a go because it was on Game Pass rather than risk spending £50, £60 on buying it and then it turned, it turned out I didn't enjoy it. So can I recommend it at £60? I don't know because that's a lot harder to sell with the technical issues, whatever. You might be worth waiting until they get the technical issues under control a bit longer. Um, it's probably a good £20, £30 uh, would, be, would be more reasonable. But if you're on Game Pass, it is an easy recommend. It's like if you are into your squad shooters, if you're into your sort of, you know, your, your looter shooters, um, is probably a good way to put it, then it's a good way to spend some time and to, and to waste a, a good few hours um, more so when you can, uh, when you've got other people to to play through it with. But even solo, it's a decent enough experience. It's not going to be something that you're going to remember the story of, but you know, it does it does a decent um, mid uh, mid year yes uh, mid year game to, to try and pass the hours during the well, we could say the the pre E three um, months. It's it's decent enough. The gaming drought. <laughs> I wouldn't even say game and jolt this year. That's that's what I was um, alluding to at the start. When I was saying previously when I've been on the podcast, it's been in the sort of game and jolt. But yeah, it's it we've, because of obviously the whole thing of the last year that um, schedules have been very weird. So yeah, um, we we it's a good time to to get into it. Um, and even even saying that, yeah, I'm trying to think when the next like obviously we've got. Um, as we record this, we've got Resident Evil Village in about three, two or three weeks. Pokemon Snap uh, at the end of next week. Um, it's like I say, well, not I wouldn't say a lull of games, but you've got like a few heavy hitters, and then you've kind of got this gap of um, not not a lot, but you know, there's this sort of well, it's going to be E3 anyway, so people are going to be slightly distracted, and E3 um, mm-hmm. as at the time of recording is back on. Uh, as, as a three-day virtual event this year. So, yeah, it's that good sort of... Um, I was going to say end of year, but I don't... Obviously, March isn't... Uh, May, March. May isn't the end of year, but again, yeah, that's sort of end of the, the gaming calendar before the next lot of stuff kicks in um, after summer. Mm. Cool. I, I have wondered about how E3 would work as a virtual event, because, like... The majority of people that I know that used to say watch it and stream onto YouTube or Twitch or whatever whilst they were sort of watching it, they would watch it remotely. But then, you know, a big part of E3 is that you can walk around the shop floor and try out titles or talk to the developers and publishers. So obviously that bit is uh, as they've put the kibosh on that bit, I presume. Because otherwise, how are you going to do that, right? Uh, Yeah. So yeah, last year um, obviously there was no E3, and um, it can, it still kind of worked. You know, we still had um, individual announcement showcases, I guess, from um, publishers. Uh, like we had the EA Play thing, we had an Ubisoft Forward thing. Um, but I know a lot of people who said that having them spaced out through the year rather than the one uh, coalescent—I think that's the word—event in the middle of the gaming calendar. Uh, was a was a change that didn't work as well for them, but I think we, uh, it, yeah, it was weird to have those announcements spread out through the year rather than yeah. at this coalescent event in the middle. Mm. But I don't know. I I quite like I quite liked it in from a 
slightly selfish standpoint as someone who works on gaming news in that we weren't scrambling to try and cover everything we couldn't possibly cover in one day. Um, but it just took the edge off. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, yeah, I think the I think there are some uh, it, it, because of the subsequent year that followed. And um, sorry to peek behind the curtain to everyone here. We we're trying to avoid mentioning the obvious thing, but the, the knock-on effect that it had in terms of making because the PS5 and the Xbox Series X launches were support were last year, but because of everything going on, um, it's still been a struggle for mm. actual consoles to get into people's hands. Despite this, PlayStation 5 has still been the best-selling console ever. Um, Xbox Series Xs are doing gangbusters in terms of numbers. They are absolutely loving the amount of sales they're making, but people can't get hold of them. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's this weird sort of dichotomy of, of, uh, of, of the stock not being there, not people not being able to get hold of them because of and all the scalpers. Stuff. Yeah, and scalpers. And because of the prices going up, of all the components and the technology in general, and then the Suez Canal uh, thing also with transistors <laughs> in China. It's been a it's been a year, hasn't it, in terms of mm-hmm. electronic products? And Insert canal joke here. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's like all that together with the way we've had this. What's going to be the most staggered and I want to say like a, like um, a spluttered console launch ever. It hasn't felt at all, and don't get me wrong, I'm not in any way advocating for, oh, let's stop supporting the Xbox One now, let's stop supporting the PS4 now. But the fact that the both consoles have, there's, there's, there's basically, I don't know, three, four games total that only work on next gen. And yeah. we are now nine months, pretty much, mm. into the new console generation. Um Let's, it's been a, let's call the launch what it is. It's a cluster. I, Everything that's is, got into it is a cluster. The thing is, a cluster would imply that it's been it's been bad, and I don't think it's necessarily been bad, but it's been different, and mm-hmm. it just hasn't been. It's not felt like other other generations where we've had that clear cutoff point between this is this generation and this is this generation. It's a console launch that is going to and probably still will because there's no end of it in sight in terms of before everything gets back to normal and recovers um how 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 things are and that's that's not even considering the knock on effects on that working from home that uh, our studios have had to do who are making the games which when so many games have been delayed into 2022 and yeah. what have you um that the, yeah the, the, this entire generation um a next generation launch is going to be two years in length in of itself yeah. Which is kind of crazy, really. Um, it's almost maybe, it's pretty much maybe forget my point. <laughs> but the, uh, I feel like um, perhaps that that fits in well with. Sorry to jump on on no, 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 what no. you were saying there, B, but maybe that fits on top of like because uh, earlier this week Sony were threatening to well I say threatening they were saying they were going to shut down PS Vita and PS4 services exactly. and then suddenly stopped because. You you can't you there's no like you were saying there's no delineation between the end of a generation and the beginning of a new one so we can't really sh- and then on top of that of course and that's even for the previous generation so that that's yeah. you know because Vita and PS3 and PSP and PSP is mm-hmm. even older but PS3 mm-hmm. and Vita is it's the previous generation mm-hmm. from the one we was already in before the next gen and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's something that uh, is a kind of a weird 
offshoot of that in terms of how, how we've dealt with it is in the gaming press, you know, we have, we say next gen and what have you. And people used to get so annoyed if we'd still keep calling things next gen when they were out. It was like, oh, the PS, uh, you know, and obviously I'm talking to the previous consoles, but just to use the terminology here, the, when the PS5 and uh, Xbox Series X, people were, were you know, on shelves and in hands, people were expecting we'd stop calling them next gen and we'd start calling them current gen. But we can't because the ones and the PS4s are still around and they're still highly supported you know they're still getting all the new games yeah mm-hmm. um so next gen is like and it's gonna be interesting how long we stay with uh the series x series s and the playstation 5 consoles as a thing yeah because because of this whole weird transitional period that we are currently experience currently experiencing The, uh, the thing with the PS3, though, is uh, I was telling Squidge the other day that there's um, a story emerged. I'll see if I can track it down and put it in the show notes. Uh, but there's a story emerged about how the PS3 has uh, quite literally, a, I hate to use the phrase, but a time bomb embedded into the firmware. What it does is um, if you're... If, so basic PC architecture stuff here, right? Um, it's a battery the, thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Inside, of your, inside of your PC, your, your laptop whatever kind of computer you've got, even the Apple ones, there's a CMOS battery, which looks a bit like a watch battery that keeps the, the that allows the computer to still know what time it is whilst it has no power. And the reason for that, there's a whole bunch of reasons for that. But one of the reasons for that is for DRM and so that your computer knows what time it is when you switch it on, or what day it is when you switch it on without having to connect to the web and all that kind of stuff. Um, problem is that when the CMOS battery in the PS3 dies, what happened, or, or if the PS3 detects that you've set a different time, like for instance with the Metal Gear Solid 4 to skip a boss, hmm. the first thing it does when you switch it back on is it connects to the web and says, am I still literally allowed to use all of the software that has been purchased on this device? Regardless of whether you've always played disc-based games or whether you've downloaded them into your library. I believe no, it's the PS4 and the PS5, by the way, not the, not the PS3. I'm, I'm not okay. saying the PS3. I have power, oh, yeah, yeah. But... Uh, uh, well, I'm, the story that I've read is it puts it on the PS3. Uh, yeah, but it, again, PS4, PS5, still PS3, PS4, PS5. It's still, so what happens is your your device then connects to the Sony store and goes, hey, am I still allowed to play all of these games or am I not allowed to play all of these games? And some games have like a, you can only play it for a certain amount of time. So like the, I believe the Resident Evil uh, 7 trial, yeah. um, that had a, you can only play it during, you know, up until the specific point at which point the trial cuts off and then you have to play, you know, you got to buy in the game, essentially. Um, and other games have that functionality, but not every game has it. But still, the PlayStation will still make that check. Now, of yeah. course, if they shut down the system for the PS3 and you and the CMOS battery in your PS3 dies, or you replace it, and the first thing it does is it connects to the server oh, I can't connect to the server because the service is down. You then have a PS3, PS4, PS5, whatever, that you literally can do nothing with. And this affects the disc-based games as well as the downloaded games. So there's also that going into it as well. So I guess 
I get the feeling that Sony might be scrambling for a, a way to solve this without solving it. Or maybe when the PS3 is finally sort of marked as no longer, you know, when they, what do they call it, discontinued. When they discontinue P- their PS3 and officially shut off the services, they'll likely have to push out an update and then tell everyone who's got a PS3, hey, you better connect it to the web and download the system update, the final system update that disables that check or something. Because oh, yeah, yeah otherwise... The, the update where you can stick it onto a USB and install of it. Of course, yeah, yeah. I mean, they do that for all the updates, but like, I think that they're going to have to do that to like yeah. say, hey, in six months' time, everything gets switched off and your PS3 will literally be useless unless you install this update now. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you can have a lot of naffed off Sony fans. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. you're right. By the way, it was PS3 as well. Yeah. Uh, it's, I'm, I guess I've just read the full thing. I, guess, I, think, uh, that, I think it depends what they've put in the headline. Yeah, um, of course. Of course. But I think this, but just to, just to really quickly say, Switch, but this is, this is something that obviously also uh, affects the Xbox line of consoles and the Nintendo Switch and pretty much everything that uses. Um, downloadable content because they have to protect because the way that um, DRM works on, on DLC look at me using alphabet soup here but the way that that works is it needs to know the current date and time and like I say it compares that to what's on the server and if they if they don't match if you're not allowed to view this content in on, on the day or time that you are trying to view the content it says hey you're not allowed to view this content so this isn't a thing that's specifically just going to affect the PlayStation, or just going to affect the Xbox series, or uh, uh, let me rephrase that. So it's not just going to affect the Xboxes. It's not just going to affect the the Switches. It's going to affect them all. And I think this is going to be um, it's going to be a, a proponent in the argument for let's get disc or cartridge based games again. Because, but the thing is that it still affects those too. So yeah. you know, yeah. it, it, it's going to have to be something that maybe the console manufacturers and the publishers rethink how they do their uh, DRM stuff. I'm not saying get rid of DRM. But, you know, A lot of people say that DRM is quite bad, but I, I actually, when it's done well, it can be really useful for protecting that asset. Let's not go down the, the rabbit hole of talking about DRM. But, <laughs> you know, I think that it's going to have to require a rethink. I think. Yeah. Well, with, with Nintendo, you know, the Wii service shut down. Mm-hmm. The Wii U one, I think, shut down. The mm-hmm. 3DS, I don't think you can buy... Uh, all yeah, the, the titles on it. The 3DS has been fully discontinued. The only so ones for that has been shut down, yeah. And so all that shut down. So mm-hmm. if you want, you'd, you'd have to get cartridge-based ones, mm-hmm. you know. So it's, it's just how it happened. And I don't think it, there, there was much forward thinking when it came to, like, downloads and stuff from the older one. But to get back to it, what I've been playing recently... <laughs> Before you say that, Squidge, do you want to do a round-robin each one? Each person says one game? Or do you want, do you want to, like, all... Mention all of our games all at once. Or are you desperately raring to go? I don't know. Bees took up like 20-odd minutes with it. <laughs> I, I don't mind. Let's, let's do a round robin. One game each until we run out of games. Okay, Switch, well, what have you been playing then? <laughs> oh, what a time in there. Right, okay. Um, it's mainly just been uh, Switch. Because um, for one reason or another, that's all I've had access to recently. It's just been Switch games, so I recently got uh, tried out Torchlight 3. I thought that was going to be base building timed Facebook wait half an hour type mechanics, but it wasn't. Um, classical in an RPG, started the first character, balls that up, started a second character, started doing it properly. You know, um, With me being me, I choose the squishy because reasons. Um, 
But yeah, I've been playing that. I've been finishing off the latest season of Diablo 3, just quickly going through that. And it's, I mean, the, there was that, and then the other day I got Warriors All-Stars on Steam. Um, you know, just playing through that, realising it ran completely shocking. I turned one of the settings off, and it ran like a dream. So so just let's just quickly talk about Warriors All-Stars and what it is. Um, because that's, a, that's a, a new game as of recording this to me to me at the very least right and i just know there'll be people listening going well what's this warriors all stars they'll have heard of torchlight because there's three of them they'll have heard of diablo because there's three of them what was warriors all stars warriors all stars is the um team ninja koei tecmo a lot of their more iconic characters smushed into one world so you start off you find out a world a distant planet whatever it is different different universe is going to go belly up, it's going to go bahuni shaped and the powers that be, because the, the the king has died and the kids are left, or their, their adult children, or the adult offspring, are left to try and figure out how we're going to do this. They enact a, a prophecy, which is we'll get people from distant lands to come in and we'll wage a massive war and figure it out. So you've got characters from like Dynasty Warriors, um, just all, all their IPs, so... Noah, Dynasty Warriors, Samurai Warriors, um, Deception Games, all sorts, um, Daryl Life, they all just get jumped, um, thrown in and you pick one of starting seven characters and you've got a, a specific story with one of the three um, prince or princesses because you get one of three and you've got to try and get people to go through. There's, there's about nine different branching story paths and there's about 12 different endings. So you've got to try and do what you think, build up friendships. You've got to you get cards with people, enhance them to get different abilities, level up, do bits and bobs. It's it's a massive undertaking, but it's um it's quite good because there's a few characters I've never played as before, so I'm just jumping at them. I'm not going for like the classic ones like uh, Xiao Yun from Dynasty Warriors, guy with the spear. There's Yukimura Sanada, you can you can play as the guy from Noah, which is William something. I'll just, I'll just quickly point out, you're saying Noah, but you mean Neo, right? Yeah. I don't know how it's spelled. It's just, yeah, yeah. N-I-O-H, yeah, Neo. Just to, her, just na- so that... her name is Neo and she dances on the sand? <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> so... So it's great. The the, uh, the Warriors All Stars. It's a hack and slash run into. We won't say what um, Chief calls it um, because unfortunately that term is a bit loaded these days. But um, yeah, so we won't call it that. Well, I uh, mentioned it, is, it and then but he, he jumped on it. So. Yeah, but it's also like I say, it's a, it's a loaded term these days. We won't yeah. we won't mention that. But you get dropped onto a battlefield. There's thousands of people to hack and slash your way through, and you hack and slash your way through them, right? Essentially, yeah. It's got a, a base system. Uh, it's called a bravery system. So you can't just run up to the boss and kick crap out of them. You've got to level up your... There's a, a level of bravery which gives you the edge in a battle. So you've got to, like, take out bases, taking out lower level or lower brave level officers makes you a bit more powerful. And then there's all sorts of stuff to do on the battlefield before you go to the boss. So there's, like, there's ambushes and you've got to take bases and talk to people and... Just usual standard fair stuff for like Warriors Orochi slash Dynasty Warriors type games. But it's got all sorts of different people in it. And there's not like over 160 characters like in Warriors Orochi 3 slash 4. There's a finite amount. But 
if you play all of the or if you've played all of the games, you'll recognize them. Mm-hmm. Well, a fair oh. amount of them. I haven't played all of the games that are from, but <laughs> no, I recognize them. <laughs> fair amount, yeah. <laughs> so from what you've played of it so far, Squidge, would you recommend it to fellow button bashy, hack and slashy, drop me in a battlefield and I'll, I'll take out as many people as possible, aficionados? It's it's not kind of a, you select your stage, you select your character, right there you're off. There's there's social aspects to it. There's, there's sort of like a friendship level thing to it, which unlocks more stuff. There's you, you do stages to save other characters and try and convince them to join your cause. For the three different sides you have, the, the, the map that you play it on, if you go the right branch of story path, it, it's a t- it, it looks like tiny, but then you've got a full map and it's like a full island. It's huge. So there's tons of stuff to do. Um, it is very button bashy. You can raise your levels to make it easier. And, you know, different difficulties and a lot different other stuff. It's a, it's a fun one to jump into because the, the characters, they're not just sort of go here, bash this, he's evil. They're quite fleshed out. Whoops, we just lost you there, Squidge, but you're back now. Hurrah! Or am I? Oh. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, he's not back. I don't know. How how would you know I'm wearing trousers? Shocker. Uh, (laughs) Okay, um, if you have proof, listener, that Squidge is wearing trousers, send us a postcard with the proof that he's wearing trousers on it, and I'll send you a sticker. I'm not going to tell you where to send the postcard to. I don't know if I want to know how people are getting the proof. You don't. It's weird. You really don't. It's weird. Anyway. Not a good idea. So we, yeah, so we were just talking about Warriors All-Stars, and you're saying it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go next. Uh, what I've been playing recently, oh my goodness, we're going to need maybe a spoiler warning or a trigger warning here, Squidge. Um, I have been playing Night Dive Studios' remaster of uh, Shadow Man. Ah. And it is amazing he liked oh my goodness i mean i my, my response was always going to be it's amazing because i love the original so much you you are the um, resident shadow man uh come on b use your words shadow man um nutter i mean that's not the right word either really <laughs> super fan there we go that'll do it yeah, okay. we'll shadow man super fan not I mean, yet. I've been called worse in the past, so that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I've been called worse today, let alone the past. <laughs> Absolutely, and that was that was just before we hit record. But no, um, yeah, uh, I just I, I've always I, I don't know why, right? I remember the day I picked up Shadowman for the first time, right? We're talking early two thousands, right? I have a Dreamcast, and that's what I brought it on. I have a Dreamcast, no, um, and I bought it for that. And I remember because. Um, it had an 18 BBFC rating on it. So for those of you who don't live in the UK, that would mean it would be actually illegal to sell it to someone who is it cannot prove that they're over the age of 18 or you don't think that they're over the age of 18. You were definitely 18 um, at the time, right? <laughs> yeah, the stubble for um, <laughs> it. Um, took it home, dropped it in the Dreamcast, set it going, and it was German dialogue. 9th November 1888. An meinen Taten sollt ihr mich erkennen, denn ich bin Jack, der flinke Jack, Jack the Ripper. Yeah, somebody had put the German disc in a UK box or whatever. Took it back almost immediately, right? Because we lived like 10 minutes walk away from the video game shop. Swapped it over, dropped it in, and I, ju- I fell in love with this game. It is, like the original is pretty dark. The remaster 
even more so. Um, it, but the, the the basic story is there's a guy called Michael Lawar who is known as the Shadow Man. He walks between the worlds of life side and dead side. Dead side is a place where everybody goes, regardless of who, what kind of life they live when they die. Um, and he is an immortal voodoo warrior sort of thing. He can die as Michael Lawar, the person of old age, and that's how the mantle is passed down. When you get to a certain age, you then uh, pass on the mantle of Shadow Man. And there's a lineage of Shadow Men going back thousands of years. Hmm. Um, it's never mentioned in the game whether there have been Shadow Women, so obviously I can't I can't speak to that. Uh, but it's based on a, a popular at the time comic book series called The Shadow Man. Um, the problem is that if you Google for it before the remaster was announced, you Google Shadow Man, you either got um, yeah, a bunch of sort of creepypasta stories or a movie by Steven Seagal. So I'm glad that the remaster has come out because now more people can Google it and find out more. It was originally an N64 title and it was sort of ported to PlayStation, uh, Dreamcast and PC, I believe in that order. Big fan. Um, and it, uh, I've, I've done it on stream before and it gets pretty dark, the original game. But this remaster... I don't know. I'd love to talk to someone from Night Dive to see how they got the content, but they got they've gotten their hands on the original, like some room, some previously deleted content. Um, so they've they've got extra areas to explore, extra dialogue trees. Night Dive are um, something of a of an old hand at this as well because they're currently mm-hmm. doing the System Shock one and two remaster slash remix, and I think the. Mm-hmm. System Shock Remake is just about to launch or has recently. I'll have to check that. They were the ones behind Doom 64. Yes, right. yes. And they also um, did a recent PS4 release of Turok um, mm-hmm. and the Turok series, the original Turok games. Mm. Yep, yep. And yeah, I, I'd love to know how they get this content. But there's also like they've added new Easter eggs and new stuff to unlock as well. So... Um, for instance, the guy who wrote all of the music and worked on the sound effects called Tim Hayward, he um, releases all of his stuff uh, on he's, – he's got a Bandcamp page, and he has a specific logo for all of his stuff. Um, there's an area in the game where, for one reason or another, there's a DJ booth. If you go into the DJ booth and look at the LPs that are playing, they have his logo on it, which is a nice touch. Um, and there's some really – like, I don't want to talk about how dark it gets – but it gets real dark in this remaster. Um, if you do want to talk about it, send us a DM and I'll send you some screenshots of some of the horrendous stuff that's in the remaster. Don't go into it if you're at all queasy because there's some real dark stuff. It also um, it, it shuffles around to where, because you have to fight psychopaths in it, to where they were originally going to be. So, for example, there's a... Um, a war vet who's got PTSD and you originally fight him in a prison complex but in the the remaster they put him back to where he was before and it was at a summer camp mm. so it's it's kind of dark <laughs> it's, yes. it, it's, it's a locked down just to, just to jump mm. on you this which it's a locked down summer camp where essentially mass murders have happened and as you walk in Dang. there's police cars everywhere and, uh, and it's all you know police tape everywhere and you have to sort of fight your way through basically the undead to get to this guy. But he's also set up traps because he's like a, like, like Switch is, he's a Vietnam vet. So he's set up traps like, uh, you know, the bear traps and punchy steaks. Don't Google what they are. I'm not going to tell you what they are. Um, and automatic rifles to shoot at you and stuff. It's really quite good. 
one thing you've got to remember though is we are saying it's pretty dark it is pretty dark and the story's dark the graphics are the same Mm-hmm. They've been they've upped the resolution and they've made it all nice and shiny and stuff. But for how dark the game is and what it implies, the graphics are still from back in the day. So oh, it's the graphics wise is not going to be too shocking. It's mm-hmm. when you're getting when you're getting into the story and you start to get invested in it and sort of like the horror side of it, mm-hmm. the actual the feeling, the atmosphere. That's what can make you queasy. The actual graphics are nothing compared to today. Oh, but it's it's when you get sucked in and it's the the atmosphere is what makes you really on edge and freaks you out and stuff so it's it's not graphic wise content warning it's more sort of the atmosphere and what it implies and the story and what they're saying and stuff that's yeah, yeah. the that's the um you got to be careful with it you know it's a very very story driven game and you have to really sort of sink your teeth into the story to sort of get what's going on um it is an action platformer it's an action platformer horror game and it is the, there is a bit of backtracking and a bit of collect all the coins or whatever uh, you don't collect coins but you know it's got that sort of it's bearable to it. it's not yeah, yeah. off levels it's bearable and there's there's a lot of oh i've unlocked a new power let's let's travel around and see if i can use this new power or this new weapon everywhere and that's pretty cool because it sort of extends the life of it and a lot of the things you need to find and the the stuff you need to do is sort of locked behind these these uh these uh like checkpoints i will say where they are but they're like checkpoints and you need to get to a certain level have certain powers to get through them but you can literally play the game in any like you can hit any of these checkpoints in whatever order you want there's there is a linear path to it but it's a non-linear game you can just Mm -hmm. play whichever bit you want as long as you have the things required to get into that next area so for an example of that, um, a lot of people that when they started playing Shadow Memory Mastered and they played it from back in the day, they sort of when they when they got the chance, they took on the psychopaths the minute they could, because you've got a, there's a story plot point where if you take on the psychopaths before doing something, you're just not going to win. The minute you change that in the story point, you can go take them on and get them out of the way. Now a lot of people do that first off to say you unlock all sorts of stuff. I know Jay, for example, he gets heavily overpowered before he even attempts it. Because judging from when he played it back in the day, there's been a lot of sweary afternoons um, <laughs> of him trying and failing. And that's another thing that will happen in Shadow Man. You'll try and you will fail. I've tried yeah. playing it. I just, I I get to a level of getting annoyed and then I just stop because I know the game is like that. <laughs> the controls are a lot easier to get to grips with, but there's a lot of, I'm not going to get that enraged yeah. about it. It yeah. do be like that, <laughs> say so. <laughs> There's there's a lot of late 90s, early 2000s video game design in the game. Let me just interject. I know I have been on B's back a bit this episode, but I think we need a palate cleanser for his sake. It's here somewhere, hold on. Got it. Here you are. Time to relax. My bad. Sod off you rock music. Here we are. hinted at less which they've they've updated the control scheme to make it a little easier to handle i've been playing it on uh surprisingly not on a windows machine and that that's not a targeted format uh, but with a nintendo switch pro like an 8-bit do pro controller and 
it's it's surprisingly a lot easier to play than the original. Hmm. Uh, for instance, um, you know, you on the on the original, you know, you've got the originally came out for the N sixty four, right? So you don't have twin stick controls, um, and so your your uh, analog stick, I guess, used to just move you forwards and backwards and turn you around. Um, they've now remapped everything so you can go forwards and backwards with the left stick, strafe left and right with the left stick, the left stick, and rotate the character around with the right stick which just it blows the door open for things you can do. And they've added nice little touches, like you can click the left stick in, um, and your character will immediately spin 180, which is really nice. But when you're taking on enemies, like in the original, because t- like turning is really slow, um, but if you just click the, the stick in, and character literally about faces, um, kind of along the same lines as like Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3, back in the day, you could hit down Quick and run. Turn, and you yeah. just yeah, like a quick turn. It's so much better. It's enhanced the experience, and I honestly don't think I can play the original anymore just because of these little tweaks that they've made. Yeah, it's, that's good. Uh, it, yeah, yeah. So, so quick question: Have you ever played Shadowman? I have very briefly. Um, the original Dreamcast version. Um, it's been a while, but I do remember it like in that sort of era of your platformers, like your. Uh, Soul, uh, Soul River Legacy of Kane. Like I've, I remember it feeling very similar to that, but clearly more um, dark and adult than, than that game. Very much story driven. Yeah, yeah. And despite the yeah. fact Legacy of Kane itself was was relatively adult, just not quite as far along as as um, Shadow Man. Um, relatively yeah. adult. It was dark. <laughs> but yeah, it like it was definitely a sort of of its time. Um, mm. For for me, it was an of its time game. I didn't get on with kill with it quite quite as much as uh, Jamie did, or because um, it, it was that sort of like I said that uh, that era when a lot of games were trying this sort of three D platforming thing for the first time, and some of them were very clunky to control, and uh, and took a bit of getting used to in terms of of how they manoeuvred. Definitely didn't feel fluid uh, and that sort of. Where, so I did kind of bounce off it a lot, but um, you know, it definitely sounds like the remaster uh, sounds like they've addressed a fair number of issues in that sense. And, Fluid. You know, like, I mean, I it's it. no Busby 3D on the PS1. Let's well, that's what I mean. There was, there was a, this is the thing. There was a lot of games out with that. The, like, publishers and developers threw a lot at the wall to see what stuck, and not a lot stuck, let's be honest. Mm. Um, or the ones that stuck then, like, you know, you, you, you can see how the developers then found the ones that stuck and then copied those going forward. But yeah, that's like I said, definitely of the era. Um, like FM Jim 3D, that was another one. And, and yeah, probably, everyone wanted that Super Mario exactly. engine to work with everything else. Yeah, chase, yeah. chasing the uh, the elusive um, White Wolf, or oh, I can't remember the phrase, whatever it's called. Of, Great yeah, Unicorn. Like, yeah, the, the, the thing of <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was going to chase on the dragon. And I'm like, well, that means something else entirely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's um, it's it def- definitely a uh, that sort of interesting, quite a test, uh, quite a test but also like a, like an interesting um, a title to choose to remaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be interested if this uh, winds up in revitalizing the series in some way but there's a lot of uh like a lot of background behind it especially with the comic books and everything so uh, and i have no idea how well that series is doing in terms of the comic books and that so yeah it's, it's definitely an interesting one to, to bring back mm. it really is because like i know it sold well enough 
to justify the port to PlayStation and then justify a port to Dreamcast and then justify a port to PC. And then it sold well enough to have a sequel on the PS2. We don't talk about the sequel on PS2. Um, but it sold well enough, right? But almost everyone that I've spoken to outside of like the podcast and stuff, they've been like, yeah, yeah, there's this great game called Shadow Man. And they're like, Shadow who? Yeah. What man? I do, I, I've never heard of it. And I'm like, well, where? Because ah. like, it's got to have been commercially well. viable enough for them to put the effort in to remaster it, right? Yeah, I think some of it as well, though, like also comes from um, Acclaim, who were the original publishers and stuff. <laughs> My God. Stay your hand, Jay, and listen to what I have to say. What are you that you can produce such things from thin air? And why were you crawling around in my ceiling? The podcast power you seek does exist. It does indeed. And why is the sky blue? Lie within the next episode of The Waffling Tailors. And why does this rash only appear on Tuesdays? My name is Squinch, for we are Wafflers. Intro music is Among the Stars by Muse Station Productions. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by GH. Spoiler break music is Spectrum Subdiffusion Mix by Phonics. Palette cleanser music is Breathe Deep, Breathe Clear by Siobhan Dagay. See the show notes for more details. The Waffling Tailors podcast is a proud member of the J&J Media Network. To find out more about J&J Media, head over to jayandjay.media or check the show notes for a link.